Mr. Guy Zombie Hunter is a wacky zombie apocalypse comedy set in a modern-day fantasy world. Our reluctant hero, Mr. Guy, has to save us all from this pandemic if he hopes to save himself. Each chapter is paired with a different illustrator, giving this ongoing story rich variations in flavor to keep you hungry for turning them zesty pages. We're relaunching our Kickstarter for Act 1 of Mr. Guy from August 10th to September 10th, along with Oneshi Press's 10th Comics Anthology, Origins. For more information, visit MrGuyComic.com. Adrian Has Issues, the conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. And I am so pleased to welcome back uh, two of my favorite people, not even just in comics, but in general. They have both been on the show uh, numerous times. Our first guest, Mario Candelaria, uh, pretty much lives on this podcast. Um, I actually have like a spare room and a cot and a blanket. Uh, matter of fact, we were just talking wrestling prior to getting started. Last year, he was on a show schooling me about wrestling in an episode entitled Roll to WrestleMania. So for those of you who are not aware, Mario is a fantastic writer. Uh, let's run down some of your books. Ashes, The Firefighter's Tale to see do comics. Uh, you've contributed work for Broke Pop, Cosmic Love. And the mm-hmm. Good Fight Anthology, which is actually funny because the Good Fight Anthology was helmed by my second guest, uh, another great guy, Adam Ferris, comic book artist who has worked on stuff such as Cosmic Love, This Nightmare Kills Fascist, Curio, the Anti-Thematic Anthology, written and created by the quote-unquote Scott Lang of Comics, Ian Mondrick. Shout out to Ian. <laughs> which is funny because when Ian was on the show, we were talking about marvel monikers for other creators so adam had the privilege of being the captain america of comics and i originally would have thought that mario who is the bad boy of comics would have been the loki but he actually threw me a curveball and you're the quentin choir of comics and now i'm like you know what the kid omega of comics is a much cooler title so you know what that's sticking mario yeah, man. I even got a Magneto's right shirt and everything. Right? <laughs> that's, I, see, now the only thing is, are you going to dye your hair? Because I feel like that that's you got to do the hair dye now. No, I mean, Mother Nature's taking care of that for me. One follicle at a time, turning it white. So, you know. Nice. <laughs> but the two have uh, known each other for quite some time. And, uh, and it's weird. We can't even talk about it in the past tense because as of this recording in like late July, uh, the pandemic is still going. It's still raging. And all jokes aside, it is a uh, very scary time right now. But Mario Candelaria has taken this tragic series of events and has uh, been inspired to create a pretty gripping anthology uh, with you and some other creators, uh, Ferris included, in a collection called Tales from the Pandemic. So we're going to get into all that. But Mario, Adam, how are you guys doing tonight? Good. How's it going? It's going great. Well, first and foremost, thanks for joining me and thanks for uh, bearing with us there as we get started. (laughs) But I feel like we did learn a lot about whether or not wrestlers have lost their eyes during wrestling. So I feel like we got the most important part of the show out of the way and it wasn't even recorded. So sorry about that, folks. (laughs) I got to say back to the uh, your your episode about uh, basically assembling the Avengers of indie comics 
I had to go up to my wife and be like, look, look, somebody's calling me the Captain America of comics. That's so amazing. That's a title I never thought I'd have. <laughs> but it kind of is your title. And I guess especially after the good fight and considering the timing in which that book came out and having spoken to you in great detail about that book, I, I couldn't find that another character that fit that as uh, well as that one did. So <laughs> I, I was going to say, you could be called less. You could be the U.S. agent of comics. Oh no! <laughs> I'll t- I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. But uh, I, it's pretty amazing, <laughs> Captain America. He's he's my guy. I think Ian had called me like the Nick Fury of comics, which I'm like, I have both eyes, but I do curse an excessive amount, so I think it applies. <laughs> also, every time we think we're talking to you, it's actually a robot, right? <laughs> Another life model decoy. Damn you, Adrian. Oh, man. See, I really wish I had life model decoys because I, I would get so much stuff done. <laughs> or actually, I would get they would get stuff done. I would do nothing. So let's get that out of the way. Like in multiplicity. What? Really? You could... <laughs> Yeah. They're going to open up a pizza shop later, right? <laughs> okay. For the record, I don't think I've ever heard anybody reference multiplicity since that movie came out. That's a oh. deep cut. <laughs> It's not even just old. It was just one of those Michael Keaton movies. Like, man, you used to be Batman. What happened to you? <laughs> I mean, look at the track record of all the guys that used to be Batman. What happened to uh, Val Kilmer afterwards, right? Point taken. Uh, Clooney. All right, Clooney's okay. You know, uh, Christian Bale, what's he doing now? Winning Oscars. Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, he's washed up. Winning Oscars, getting nominations. <laughs> Has been. Basketball movies. He's doing a hoop dreams for fuck's sake. Too long. Sorry, excuse my language. No, you're totally allowed to curse. Hey, Mr. Bad Boy, you can't curse and then ask for you know an excuse. For your uh, language. I don't want to. I don't want to. Uh, what do you call that thing for YouTube? The the revenue uh, content. Oh right. <laughs> oh no! All of like my podcasting money. Oh no! It's it's being siphoned away as I'm speaking. <laughs> yeah, doing live shows is going to be fun. But anyway, I guess we should probably talk about this book, which, um, mm-hmm. yeah, by the way, Mario, like, I've always been a fan of your work, and Thank this you. collection has um, ruined my life. Oh, no. What? <laughs> I mean, I, I know it ruined me financially. I didn't expect it to keep on cascading to others. <laughs> We're both in, like, the tri-state area, and it's been very touch-and-go uh, regarding you know, COVID-19 and this pandemic and not that things are necessarily looking up, but, you know, we, we went through some really serious months there, both, you know, New York and Jersey and like the yeah. Philly area. And, and not that we were coming out of it, but it was looking like things were starting to kind of die off a little bit. But then, you know, as you look at the news and what, as of today, like, I think there was like some concert in the Hamptons with like the chain smokers were like, Hundreds of people are masked with like no masks, no distancing or anything like that. And, and it's like, yeah. And as I'm reading this news today, and of course people are saying, well, you know, New York is probably going to spike again. Then rereading uh, this collection, it's like, oh boy, there is nothing really more terrifying than real life, is there? Yeah. I mean, uh, it, <laughs> what we can imagine to be true probably isn't as scary as what is and we just don't know is out there. Right. And that's, I think, what made this book uh, so gripping. And because uh, just to kind of set it up, it is an anthology of sorts, but it takes on more of a like Twilight Zone, almost Black Mirror kind of aesthetic uh, to how the stories are framed. 
And you know me, I was like talking about origins, so I really want to get an idea into well, for, well, we know what inspired this mm-hmm. anthology, but what was it about it that like spawned like these particular stories? I'm gonna have to peel it back a little bit to the old world. For a while, I've been wanting to put together a collection of short stories. For the past couple of years in my uh, comic career, I've been a part of a number of anthologies, and it's great and all, but. You don't really get that spotlight as an individual creator as you would for putting out, you know, like your own series or something or a graphic novel that comes out. So I was trying to see if I can find a way to mix both worlds where I don't have to have the long term commitment like we do for a series. And Adam and I have been working on a series for a couple of years now that's uh, going to be coming out. And we know that production time could take a while. But I also, you know, wanted to have something that was just my name. So I was thinking of instead of an anthology, just take and borrow elements of an anthology, take and borrow elements. I mean, I'm a huge hip hop fan and I love when just before a rapper comes out with an album, they'll put out a mixtape with just a bunch of singles. And so I was thinking of more in that mindset. So basically almost like a comic book mixtape. Yeah, and that's what I've been calling this. Um, I'm. It's not an anthology in in, in the sense of, you know, uh, here's just a bunch of you know not connected stories. It's more like, okay, I am the showrunner for this limited series, and here's my vision of how this world will go. And each episode has a different guest director per se, and I get to put the story through their lens, and then we get, we put that on the paper that way. Which I think is a really cool approach, and as you know, all of us here whether it be of readers or creators of comics, mm-hmm. you know, have you, you work with so many formats for so many years and especially the, uh, anthology format, which is a great, uh, great format. And I'm not in any ways knocking it, but I do appreciate any time that someone manages to take an approach that's, you know, a little let those center and taking it and finding a, a new way to approach it. Yeah. I mean, that's what it is. It's, it's I mean, if I'm going to get completely honest, a large part of me trying to put out, a collection of my own short stories was to have a kind of living portfolio to show editors and get work off of. I could say, Hey, you know, this is a collection of all brand new stories. Boom. Here it is. But also it's a good opportunity without a major commitment to work with a bunch of people you've wanted to work with for a while. Right. Or kind of to just, you know, reach out to people you have collaborated with and say, Hey, I really like working with you. Would you like to join me on something small with little commitment? So Adam himself has a story on this. Um, are you still watching? Which was probably the most terrifying because if I had a dollar for every time I've had that message pop up on my screen, it gets a little <laughs> ominous. <laughs> yeah, so, oh, good. <laughs> yeah, that one. Uh, I mean, like I said, don't get me wrong; they were all good, but that one in particular hit a little close to home. Uh, before we get into Adam's involvement in this particular collection. I do want to give listeners a little bit of insight as to the personal and working relationship that you two have, because like I said, I've known you for a number of years now, but I always like hearing about like, you know, what was it that brought you two together other than just the love of comics? Adam, I'll let you answer this one because I don't really know the answer. I know the answer. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Mutual friend. We both worked on Unlawful Good together, not together, but like on two separate stories. Right. Mm -hmm. And there were some of us on that book that genuinely reached out to each other and tried to maintain a, a, you know, a dialogue or, and uh, you and I hit it off really well from there. We've been dreaming up things ever since. Honestly, there's like probably two creators in this world that I 
well, maybe three or four, but that I talk to regularly, you know, outside of working with them, you know, and, and, and Mario's, uh, one of them no. you know, where we talk and yeah, we, you know, definitely at least weekly. And even though we're States apart, you know, um, so yeah, we've, we've made a genuine tip and it's really fun to work with him. Yeah. So that was the beginnings. <laughs> uh, it's all thanks to Heather Antos. You know, she definitely took a bunch of busts and like her also, she put together an anthology to show editors, Hey, this is what I can do. And she got a job off that. So, <laughs> <laughs> so it works like, you know, on multiple fronts in that end, which is pretty genius. Touching on Adam said, I, I have a lot of comics acquaintances, but I don't really have a whole lot of people I consider like friends. You know, I mean, I'm kind of standoffish. It's weird. I'm an extroverted introvert or an introvert extrovert. I don't know. But, you know, I could turn it on where I want to just, you know, show out, stunt on people. You know what I mean? That whole thing. <laughs> and really, I'm just like, I just want to sit here on my couch and watch wrestling and just hang out with my wife. You know, I mean, uh, anxiety does that to you. But Adam's one of the few people I think who actually kind of knows a little bit more of, you know, who's this guy behind the curtain, you know, just messing with the wizard. <laughs> so you always got to appreciate friends like that that kind of like mm-hmm. just very slightly pull you out of your comfort zone to so be like hey um we're gonna bring you into this room it's gonna be a little intimidating at first but again adam's just always been that guy and even from doing a podcast and then meeting him at you know creator after con and nyc very personable it's like okay we just met but we could pretty much like chat for hours and actually well bolty we pretty much had that vibe so even though as much as you say you're introverted but you're very easily get along with and it doesn't surprise me that you've managed to and i don't say collect like you're sitting here like rounding up people for the sake of numbers but (laughs) you have found a, a really good group of people to work with on this um, I guess we probably should uh, take some time to shout them out because um, you've got some really awesome names on this. Uh, let's see. You've got, of course, Adam, uh, Scott Yeun, who you've worked with on Court Town, uh, Skylar Partridge, who's done the covers, Joe Hunter, mm-hmm. Dan Buxa, Randy Halderman, Andy Michael, Paul Sheik, Sachi Edawira. I th- oh, and also, this one's actually pretty interesting, and I kind of want to know about this one. Because okay. I just love that the book is intro and outro by MLS soccer slash football player Danny Earls, who's worked on Broke Pop and Warhammer, which, you know, I remember hearing the name, but I'm like, wait, is a comic creator and a soccer player? How does that happen? Yeah, Danny, Danny's another one of those guys that, you know, he and I just hit it off. Um, not as good as Adams. So Adam could take that trophy home. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> Eat that, Danny. <laughs> oh, no. Danny's one of these guys. Um, we, we met doing Baroque Pop, and he did a story with Eric Pilecki. And we just hit it off. Uh, I thought it was really interesting that he was a huge uh, soccer star, football for anyone not in America. He grew up in Ireland. He played for there. He came over to the to the American leagues. You know, he won championships and such. And now he's uh, He's back in his home country working on comics. He is actually creating his first original graphic novel right now. He's illustrating it. I kind of had a little hand in just helping with the story direction on that, but I don't want credit outside of me bragging. (laughs) 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 Um, But yeah, no, it's just it's one of those like, oh wow. Um, If you know your TV actors, he also caught the eye of Donald Luge who played Harvey Bullock on Gotham. Um, He was in the one show. not the war at home. But, uh, oh, no, it was uh, Grounder for Life, right? Grounder for Life, yes. Thanks. Oh, wait, wait, I'm sorry. Now I'm actually a little upset. How do you not go like Blade? How was that your, not, like, your first go-to? 
I know him from Grounded for Life, and I know him from Comic Book <laughs> I know what Villains. you're talking about. If, if you ever watched Comic Book Villains, uh, he was in Terriers also. I mean, I, yep. I probably saw Blade once or twice. But yeah. My uh, heart they breaks. Actually, <laughs> they actually worked on a short story together for the show Stumptown on ABC. Right, which was um, Colby Smulders, I think, played the character in the adaptation. Yes, yes, correct. Um, but yeah, no, it's just, you know, Danny's one of those guys. Uh, we had a failed pitch together, but we still kept in touch and talk and we joke around all the time. And, you know, when I said, hey, I have room, would you be interested in, uh, you know, doing two pages? He jumped on it right away. And let me just say, I think Danny's one of those like artists, artists, like he's awesome. I love looking at all of his stuff. And I, and I think any artist that is serious about their craft probably looks up to Danny's work as well. <laughs> so I think he's great. He's modest, man. Um, wait till you check out his one story. It's really good. I mean, he's posting on Instagram story, progress shots and such, and just his his scenery shots are so amazing. All traditional artwork. I know you do that as well. Uh, all traditional inks. It's just insane. Um, he does a lot of portraits for people, too. He does a lot of portraits for dock workers and boat workers down where he lives. He's uh, from Wicklow, Ireland, I believe. So that's the East Coast. He's always posting pictures from the, from the uh, what's it, a sea town or a bay town <laughs> i don't know the terminology but it's <laughs> like a lot of uh, people make their living you know on the ocean and you can see that that's where he draws his inspiration from adam uh since you're here and this was a story that you worked on and also being one of my favorites and not just because you're here are you still watching obviously i don't want to necessarily spoil it but maybe you guys can kind of set up the inspiration of this particular story let me first say and it kind of backs up our conversation just a little bit but mario came to me and was like, you know, I'm doing this pandemic thing, you know, do you want to contribute? And at first, like, I don't think I ever said no, but like to myself, I was kind of like, eh, like, I feel like, you know, there's probably going to be other pandemic anthologies benefiting this, that, or the other thing. And, 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 and I feel like sometimes it's really great to have multiple voices. Uh, like for example, in the good fight, we had to have multiple voices, you know, talking about racism but other times it's it's really quite ingenious what what he did with with this to have one it's like it's like the twilight zone having one writer and continuously putting out hit after hit so i really like what he did there and then you know when he kept talking about that and the kind of vibes it would have but still kind of one singular voice it was like all right you know what this is cool this isn't a a downer of a book because everybody's down about, you know, COVID-19, obviously, because it's a terrible, crappy thing that we're forced to, all of us are forced to live with. But um, it's maybe a way to deal with it and escape. So when we started talking about it more, he was like, you know, what do you want to do? What did you say? You want, do you want to do horror, comedy, or romance? romance. Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I gave you three choices. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, now this is a little bit more ominous. It's like a shell game. It's like under one of these cups is a horror story. You had a romance, <laughs> and he just kind of flips them around. All right, whatever cup you pick up, whatever's underneath it, that's what you're writing. So I had just come out of uh, illustrating a 64-page uh, like mini graphic novel um, that had quite a bit of romance in it to a degree, okay. and, and like relationship stuff. Anyway, it's called Parallel. It's out, out by uh, Source Point Press now. So I was kind of like, I don't want to do that. Um, you know, and I thought maybe comedy, but no, I love horror. Like I love drawing horror that it never gets old. And, um, 
there's always something new and different than I haven't, that I haven't drawn before. And that's true with this too. And, uh, uh, so we came up with the idea of like the, the, are you still watching screen that pops up? If you let your Netflix or anything else like that play too long when you fall asleep and it's almost as if, uh, it is talking to you, you know? And I think there's a fine line too, between, is it real or is it, are you crazy because you've been in your house for months? <laughs> you know, like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what else to say without spoiling too much. Cause I've, it's a short story, but the entire, uh, the entire book is in black and white. Um, and that's actually become like my f- most favorite way to do art, uh, is in black and white. I actually like it when they leave it black and white too. Yeah. Same. Uh, I feel like if you did this in color, I mean, the stories and I think the artwork would still be top notch just based on the people who are working on it. But I feel like it would lose a little bit of the sort of dramatic beats by making it full color. I don't know. That, that's just me. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I love looking at black and white stuff. I actually I like uh, when you can find comic original comic book art and you just see it and it's black and white glory and it i don't know something about it it just hits hard for me you know just viewing it so so yeah it was really it was really fun to do another black and white story and then i was able to do a lot of playing off of the fact that this woman is in her house and she's always got this tv on and then we get the ominous like are you still watching screen so i had a lot of like you know screen light blooms and and uh lots of contrast between black and white but i still put in like gray tones and things like that too to kind of flesh it out i guess but uh right yeah i i I think it's pretty spooky all things considered i'm i'm very happy with it and i will say i don't think i told you this mario that um the very last panel of the last page is probably one of my most favorite panels i've ever drawn (laughs) (laughs) i'm so happy with it like yeah, I'm very proud of myself on that last panel. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely knocked out the park. That's why I, I, um, this isn't really a spoiler, but I wanted to close out the book as strong as possible and put you on that anchor position. Well, thank you. <laughs> Something that we don't really talk about a whole lot. I mean, we've joked about it because I feel like that's the only way we've been able to do it. But uh, for some of us, it's been three months. It's been four or five for some being at home working from home with this almost inability to go outside and to even do the basic things that we would all then take for granted. And I don't think we've really done enough of a job talking about just what that does to one's just overall just mental well-being. Yeah, totally agree. And, you know, you look at older things like in, in media differently, too when people hug or touch each other's faces, it's just frightening now. It's like, ah, <laughs> like don't do that. You know, um, that's just me. But yeah, I think, I think a lot of this is going to have a, a, a semi lasting effect on at least some people. When I first sort of heard about it, I kind of took it from a, Oh, by the time I read this, you know, maybe things will be kind of like calmed down and we can sort of look back on these particular series of months and going, Wow, that was a wild time, but, you know, that's past tense. But to read it now with so much time removed, still being in this situation, it, it takes on like this almost new life. And I mean, it, it makes the stories that much more impactful. But in a way, it's almost like it's unfortunate in the same regard that it still hits on all these beats, even after all this, you know, quarantine and social distancing that we've had to do. 
Yeah, I think oh. that this this book, um, if everybody gives it a chance, it won't be the thing that they're reading that they are sick of hearing about, but rather they're going to allow themselves to enjoy it once they read it. Because it really is entertaining to read. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's, you know, it's definitely suspenseful, but it's not so much of a downer that, like, you're not going to enjoy this. Like, I thoroughly enjoyed it. That's a, that's another reason why I approached artists like Adam with different choices of what they wanted to tell. Um, it's not necessarily 100% my voice as much as the collaborative effort where we all have our own thoughts and feelings and anxieties and concerns of what's happening in the world. And I wanted everyone to feel comfortable in letting that out and show on the page. Right. And I think that's also what's cool is that each story feels... 100% different from the one before. And yes, they're written by you, but uh, this also just speaks to your versatility is that you've managed to write very short, but yet these just unique stories and they really play to a lot of your strengths. And if, as someone who's, you know, read a lot of your work and seen it progress over the years, like it, this is probably like your strongest uh, stuff of work that you've done uh, yet, I honestly feel. Thank you. Um, I mean, like with, with story like, um, we did Litterbug with uh, Dan Buxa, with, by the way, is another Long Island guy, just like you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And, and uh, you know, when we actually struggled to find something for uh, about maybe two weeks or so. You know, we were just shooting back and forth ideas, trying to see what worked. And then um, I had a story about something that takes place. Uh, this is a spoiler, but um, I had gone to the supermarket and noticed that the whole parking lot out in front was just littered with discarded gloves and masks and everything. Like as soon as people come off, they're just turning right. into slobs and just dumping them there. And then I said, Hey, I have an idea for this. And right away, minutes later, uh, he just responded to the email saying that he actually works at a supermarket and deals with this all the time. And so we're like, Hey, then, you know, it's, it's fate. We're going to tell this story. Which I think is also kind of telling is that every time I go to the supermarket, the first thing they say is, Oh, don't leave them on the ground. And it's sad that, even in the you know other precautions that we have to take, now we're having to revert back to these simple rules that are like, of course you would think to not like discard these on the ground because it's not helping anybody. Yeah, but and it's hard because like I there are certain things I want to discuss, but I don't want to spoil the stories. Actually, can you talk to me a little bit about Happy Hour because this one was this one was wild. <laughs> All right, so uh... this this one this one is bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I remember I told Adam, I was just like, Adam, I think this is actually my favorite story. And Adam was like, oh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> 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 but um, no, Joe Hunter is, that guy, he's doing uh, Beast Heart Strikers with uh, uh, Lamp Hit right now. It is amazing. Just his his style alone, I was like, all right, if anyone is going to choose comedy, it's going to be this guy. <laughs> and so I was just like, what is just something Without giving spoilers, what's something that's out there and ridiculous that would be perfect for him? And uh, we chose working from home, working remotely from home, and kind of putting that sort of uh, other world slant on it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is probably the best way to set it up without going too much into detail. I still have to go to my office because I'm essential. Um, so I've had to go in every day, but my wife is working from home. And I hear her all the time say, hey, I'm at a happy hour with my team, with her coworkers. And so from there, I was like, hmm, that's a pretty cool way of just describing, you know, just your, uh, you, you know, socializing and such. Even though you're not changing your location, it's still 
switching the vibe from work to more, you know, just, okay, who are you? And let's talk and get to know one another. And so I kind of took that concept and flipped it on its head a little bit. Office life is very interesting. And as much as it seems like drudgery and, of course, having to deal with so many people, dealing with those same people but not actually having to leave your house is just insane for a lot of reasons to me. Because it's like usually when you're home, you're away from the rigmarole of being in an office. And it's like, man, you don't believe what happened today, but yet... Now you have to tell the stories, but the only difference is you just turn off your laptop, then tell the story. It's like you never actually went anywhere. And one these like one day I was having like a conference uh with my boss and then realizing like, does this freak anybody else out that this is happening? Is this weird to anyone else? It's so odd that everybody just sort of rolled into this and the fact that I can work and I don't even have to change into like actual clothing. I could still wear like beat up Star Trek shirts. Yeah. Adam also has to go into work also, but if I didn't have to go into the office, I probably would have tried to get a place more remote, maybe even go out to the West coast for a bit, go to the desert perhaps. And, um, you know, where my, my wife and I can still do our work. So we have to get up three hours earlier, but you know, it's one of those things that to put yourself in a better mindset and like your location. Now I feel like I should have taken advantage of the fact that it's like, look, what's the worst that can happen, uh, during like this uh, conference like can i just wear like a batman mask would that be too weird <laughs> i say do it that sounds awesome <laughs> all right well um hopefully you know someone who's hiring a case it doesn't go too well <laughs> one of the parts with um me approaching everyone was that i noticed uh at the beginning of this a lot of my friends just being down and out about either having uh reduced hours or losing their jobs completely. And so um, that's something I wanted to do with this is kind of, you know, toss everyone a couple bucks and say, Hey, you know, I have an idea for a story. Everyone's going to get paid your rates. Uh, not necessarily to, you know, just honeypot the deal, but just to help out creators who let's say that they need that couple hundred bucks to, you know, keep whatever on for the month. So th- that was something I always intended to put this out for free. And I always like to take care of anyone that I work with also just to make sure that, you know, uh, they're good. And I don't want to end up being subtweeted about on Twitter. Adam knows I hate that. (laughs) (laughs) I go go out of my way to make sure I do not get subtweeted and I complain about it every step of the way. (laughs) um, uh, Yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, I wanted to make sure that, okay, I have, you know, um, I'm, I'm thankful my wife and I have, you know, retained our our full employment uh, while everyone else wasn't necessarily fortunate. So when we got that check from, you know, the government, it's one of those things that's like, okay, what's the most good I can do for this? I can put this into my savings account and just let it sit there, or I can help out in exchange for, you know, just trying to put together a story, put together something that hope could help not necessarily distract them from what's going on, but maybe, you know, help get some of that creative energy out and also boost a little bit of their morale. Right. And I think that's really important. And, you two always go out of your way to take care of the people that you've worked with. And especially at this time for, you know, creatives. And, and maybe we don't talk about this often, but, you know, when it comes to finances and things like that, uh, it can be very difficult on top of, you know, normal nine to fives. And with everything going on, people may not necessarily have that uh, to supplement it. So I think that is a really important to kind of point out. So thanks for that. Yeah. Mario is always good to work with. Like I've, worked with him on and off with something for years now. And he's always been 
been generous. This is going to get you some more artists, by the way. He's always been generous. <laughs> Go work with him. <laughs> um, but no, and, and you know, I don't know who would subtweet you like Lemmy Adam because you're always you're always fun to work with and easy to work with, and and you you give too. Like you'll give me a story, and you'll still give me space for input. You know, either through conversation or art or both, and I think that is invaluable to an artist. You know. Right. Especially at the indie level, like we shouldn't, even if you're getting paid, you know, you shouldn't just be like, all right, here's a script, draw it as is. I'm paying you. You know, this, this is always a collaborative effort. You're always really good about that. So, um, uh, it, it makes it, even though it's like people only see my art in that story and like read your voice, but like to still have that story input in there, it kind of makes it feel like a little bit more mine too. You know what I mean? I have more stake in it now. Right. So that's always like a great thing to have. You know, at the top of the show, Mario mentioned the fact that, you know, he saw this as a mixtape and, you know, such with hip hop, what makes a mixtape is not even just like, of course, the headliner, but the features. It's the guest verses that really pop because that's their time to shine. And whether they're well known or someone who's, you know, up and coming, those features can kind of make a break. Like, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you maybe you've heard, shoot, I'm, I, I was going to name a particular rapper, but now I'm going to like date myself. So, you know, let me not do that. <laughs> but like, you know, you hear someone kind of come in with like this fire verse and you're like who is that i want to know more about them it's like what else do they have out and it's a really good way to highlight them and not even just from a oh exposure but when you have someone who's willing to kind of let them just sort of do what they do it's like you wouldn't have brought them on unless you thought they had some value so why not have that person have some sort of you know creative input you know and i know some people also like to do it where they just need someone to kind of draw out the vision that they already have which I guess depending on how you approach it isn't necessarily the worst thing, but I don't know. I always just like actual like collaborative efforts on my end. I think the only person I left down in this whole book was Skylar because everyone else I approached and kind of had somewhat a rough idea, like, all right, where do you want to go? But for this, because she was doing a cover and the cover was not necessarily representative of any story inside. I was just like, what do you want to do and run wild with it? Cause I have no ideas. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we met we met um and you know we looked at individual stories back when it was all work in progress she's been a part of the scripts looking at everything that you know adam has been submitting or anyone else has been submitting as we're going along to hopefully catch that spark um, right and i feel bad because i'm just like usually i have somewhat of an idea for a cover but this time i just drew a complete blank and i felt like i kind of threw her out to the wolves but she you know she came out the forest like so much stronger than that with with the cover that lots of people are just praising right now and i yeah. think they knocked it out of the park like it's a really good cover it's a really good cover it's a damn good cover like <laughs> like yeah. I, i'm looking at it right now and i'm like that's a cool cover but then the more i'm looking at it it's a damn good cover <laughs> it's, yeah, it's so. like you look at it for a second and then you're like oh cool and then if you like zoom in you're like oh my god there's like so much stuff in here and detail you know, it doesn't get lost and it, and it isn't overbearing at the same time. It just, uh, everything adds up in a, a great way. It's really hard to make a cover too for an anthology, I think, because yeah, what do you do, right? Because you got all these stories. I don't really necessarily love it when they have like 
bits and pieces from every story as a, like a collage on the cover for right. anthology, like give your statement, boom, right on the cover. It doesn't even have to necessarily reflect each story. And it draws on so many like nice aesthetics. Like there does have like sort of that classic comic book vibe, you know, does sort of play on a little bit of that post-war, you know, intrigue. But then even like, as far as like the, the table of contents, it almost even reminds me of, like, there's a little bit of, you know, and I know, Mario, I, I know you're a very big fan of, like, the Hollywood aesthetic. You know, there's some of that also mm-hmm. in play here. And it's like, if you didn't know the person, it's still well done, but kind of, like, knowing what you're into, like, it checks off so many boxes. Like, just even how this is all laid out. You know, I am glad you picked up on that. I did all the graphic design work myself. Uh, all the credits pages, all the fake adverts on there, uh, the logo uh, except for the art on on the cover page, I did all of the logo and graphic and Matt's head work myself. Let's not act like Adam Ferris isn't totally flexing with his uh, <laughs> with his photo in the uh, the creator credits. <laughs> I figure um, um, I'm wearing a mask, so I'm going to be cocky. but again perfect steve rogers the oh i'm just this humble guy you know from humble beginnings just like you watch me do the most superhero crap you will never be able to do in your entire life (laughs) like i stopped the helicopter from flying away with my bare hands what can you do i'm adam ferris (laughs) that's funny um notice how danny's the only person not wearing a mask Oh, I didn't notice that. See, and now, oh God, now I don't know Danny that well. See, now, now it sounds like I'm like calling him out. No, that's not. <laughs> no, that's Danny. not on purpose. That was on purpose. I was like, you know what? Not everyone wears masks. We're gonna have someone there not wear them. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> not all heroes wear capes, guys. But all <laughs> heroes should wear masks. Maybe no, it's God. It's God, no, no. <laughs> Danny, if you're listening to this, I swear to God, I'm not doing this on purpose. Mario's coercing me into making these references. It's just super subtle, you know. We 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 wanted to kind of put little little bits of everything in there, so that way it's one of those things that if you know people love it, we did it on purpose. If you hate it, it's just a coincidence. Right? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> That's the best way to do it. Um. So I noticed you did label this volume one. Now, is there? And he, I mean, granted, I, I'm sure you've got plenty of plates spinning, but is there uh, any sort of drive to maybe do a second volume or maybe even just so, a couple of one-off stories? Uh, never say never. I mean, right now there's uh, no plan. I mean, this did cost quite a few bucks. So, you know, I got to kind of recoup some of, <laughs> you know, uh, let my bank account kind of bounce back. Not necessarily on this per se, because I'm putting it out for free, but, you know, I want to bounce back. But uh, if, if, Unfortunately, if this thing is still going on, let's say by Thanksgiving and, uh, you know, um, we'll, I guess we'll see what type of mindset we're in. And if this is something that could help, you know, my fellow creators get a little distraction, then yeah. I would say, uh, it it all depends on how we vote this November, right? Yeah. Good call. (laughs) If you, if you really want a volume two that bad, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Crap, now when you put it that way, yeah, maybe we don't want a volume two. Good point. <laughs> well, no, I mean, the short answer is, uh, honestly, I put my monogram up there. I needed something circular on the other side to balance it out. So I put volume one. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's like, it's like you know, Little Wayne didn't put the Carter one, knowing he was like, just in case I make the Carter two. 
So are you going to say that Volume 2 is going to be your Carter 2 of anthologies? Uh, probably more like my Carter 3, but we'll see what happens. Oh, now we're getting into the battle of which Carter is the best, and I feel like that's a whole other podcast for another time, because I've yeah. seen those arguments, I've been on those arguments, and it's uh, they get ugly. Call it back three when you said better that about uh, Three, really? You like, uh, yeah. My favorite song from the Carter 3 aren't the Little Wayne songs. It is the interludes, uh, the one with Andre 3000 and the one with uh, Tech 9. Oh, my God. I well, love see, those you so can't much go better. by that because they're both legendary. Like, that kind of automatically, <laughs> That's I feel like that's cheating. And that's kind of what this collection is. Like you said, it's all who does the guest verse on here. Right. But the answer is clearly Carter 2, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Someone said four, and I almost wanted to stomp them out, but again, it's, it's a generational thing, I think. You know, like, is that their first album? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you somehow <laughs> missed the other albums in this discography, I can see how you could say this is your favorite. I don't know. I can't wait to talk about the other thing that you guys have been teasing, because it, it's been hinted at for so long. I, I'm still wanting to ask, like, when can we officially discuss it? Because <laughs> it's sounding real cool. <laughs> uh, maybe 2021 at this point. Who knows? I mean, uh, we're, we're we're still deep in production. We have uh, issues, plural. You know, uh, in, not in the, like in the can or somewhat in the can at least. Uh, yeah. So you know, it's just uh, it's my fault. No, <laughs> you have to go work well, on a it, full 60 page graphic novel. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've been a busy guy, but I will say that like. I don't know these pages uh, for this. I guess unannounced thing. They just take me a little bit longer. Like I'm, you know, building a world and uh, coming up with a new look for it, and um, you know, changing my art style. Even um, it's been a lot more work uh, artistically for me. So yeah, we've been ta- we've been working on this on and off for years, and uh, it'll happen. <laughs> I can't wait for that. And it's also just great to chat with you, too. And the more I'm thinking about it, you know, my heart of hearts, I was really hoping that, you know, come October, things would have been different and be at Twins Pub, you know, sharing a couple of drinks, laughing. But I don't think it's going to be this year. I don't know. Maybe we might have to do like another, like, <laughs> Twins get together, like on a Zoom or something like that. But I guess the better news is hopefully everybody stays safe so that way uh, when con season does start a proper, you know, we can actually get to do that. It's going to be uh, really weird to not go to New York this October. Yeah. For sure. I didn't realize how much I missed con season until like it started rolling around and it's not around. So for the love of God, everybody wear your masks, please. Yeah. Wear your damn masks. Over your nose, too. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. The other day, we had to run some errands, go to supermarket, and it's like, okay, you're wearing the masks, but I didn't think I'd have to tell, like, grown people how to properly wear one. I'm like, it's not that hard. How are you this bad at it? I work in one with wearing one, like, eight hours a day. So, wow. like, if I can do that, come on, you can go to the grocery store wearing it properly. <laughs> you know, so like everybody's wearing it as a chin strap. Someone was wearing it like a headband, like a Naruto like headband. I'm like, well, that is not possible. Like, how? How are you this bad at wearing a mask? Maybe they have a uh, porthole. <laughs> I I keep mine. Um, when I go off my walks with my wife, um, we go around the state here, and I keep mine on my chin, like Adam says. But whenever anyone comes. I kind of do like a mean mug lift over my nose as they're approaching. <laughs> yeah. 
And funny thing is, it actually works because someone was like coming near me, and like I noticed theirs were properly. It's like so I like kind of like threw mine on, and they were like, "Oh shoot, let me like wear it properly." So maybe they exactly. didn't. Maybe stare them down enough, and it's just. Uh, Aaron says I'm super threatening and intimidating. So uh, you know, I mean, I'm like six three. I'm I'm actually I hit three hondo now, which is crazy. So I'm a big big dude now. So they don't want to, you know. These suburban people aren't ready for this. They don't want, you know, they don't want to catch these hands. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you also walk around with the belt? That might also be a deciding factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, not, I'm not as good with it as my grandma was. She could just slip right off and get you in behind. But, you know, uh, oh, wait, what's, what are you talking about? Championship belt? Yeah, what is, wait, you thought I was talking about like a regular belt? Like, what are you, like, granddad from the boondocks? Like, what are you, like, pootie tang? You just. <laughs> pootie tang, yeah. No, I mean, I do have something. You know, Aaron hates when I whip off my belt because I do it just like Tootie Tang. I'm just like, one solid move. You know, I can't get it to coil yet. I'm trying to get that, that reflex. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Adam. You know, Adam um, is just like, I'm uncomfortable. Uh, I'm about to try to end this call. <laughs> this is this is how, uh, how New York I am, Adrian. My grandma had the belt hanging on a hook in the kitchen. Ah, that's... So, oh, that's... so it's always just like, you know, like, all right, this is... You know, it's like on display, so you see what's in for you if you flip up. <laughs> see, maybe that's what everybody needs. It's like, look, basically, you don't want to get grandma's belt or the wooden spoon in my case, so oh. just wear the mask. I got the wooden spoon. I got the slipper. My grandma was slick with the slipper. She'd kick her heel back in one hand and just, like, one windmill motion. Pow! Get you with the slipper. <laughs> and those are like the old school ones. Those things, like, had some heft to them. <laughs> Yes, we have all this uh, child abuse going on in the right. conversation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, meanwhile, uh, sorry, Adam. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, no, <laughs> what the hell? Uh, oh, he's but, taking notes. He's like, all right, the belt on the hook, the slipper. All right, what else? You got the spoon. I was just thinking, it's really not a belt or a spoon or a slipper if it's only used as a weapon, right? <laughs> if it's like hanging <laughs> on display. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's it's just it's a the, weapon. It's the intimidation factor. See, the thing is, like in the case of exactly. like, it wasn't so much the act of actually getting hit with it. It was the threat of knowing that it's right there. Yes, <laughs> you could be doing the most like the sweetest thing in the world. You could be like, I don't know, like helping someone with their homework or you know, consoling a friend. But yet, the belt's still there as a reminder, being like, see, do this instead, because you know what's going to happen if you do the alternative. The belt's kind of like the truck nuts of the hood, where you know something's going to go down if you get too close. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I yeah, thought that was the music. Sorry, out. like we're losing Adam. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm. He's still taking. Notes. I was just. Th- I was just thinking. You know, this is this is how you make a bad boy in comics: is you beat him first, and <laughs> oh no. Then, <laughs> see now you now you're, you're making it dark. It was <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys are an absolute riot. Um, <laughs> um, so we should probably let everybody know where they can find this book. It's great, and I know you mentioned that there was like a donation based thing, but I should let everybody know where can they find Tales from the Pandemic. I just want to say first off. This is just a bunch of, you know, friends coming together and putting together uh, a digital release. You know, we just want people to enjoy it, honestly. So that's why I put it up on Gumroad with a uh, minimum purchase of zero dollars. I mean, tips are appreciated, but it's not something that I'm looking for at this point in time. 
I just want to get as many eyes on it, and hopefully, some of the people, uh, you know, who have uh, contributed can maybe get some work off of it. If the right set of eyes ends up seeing this, um, I mean, I would love to see Adam get a job at Marvel or DC, and it's all because, like, you know, some editors like, "Hey, I saw this anthology," I and mean, that would just be really cool. Yeah, so you can find uh, Tales from the Pandemic on Gumroad uh, currently live right now. Uh, if you just go on the search bar, they gave me a weird URL, but um, if you go on the search bar and type Tales from Pandemic, you'll find it. But also, you can find it on my social media on Twitter at the other Mario C, and also on Instagram at another Mario C. It's the link in my bio. It's really good reading material that you can read for free if you're on hard times, which a lot of us are. But if you want to follow me, you can also find the link, I'm sure. I am tweeting about it. Uh, Adam Ferris, AF. That's how you can find me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Adam. Thank you, Mario. Check out Tales from the Pandemic. And uh, have a good night, guys. For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.